Hey, Quirky HR listeners. I want to tell you about another podcast that I host with my friend Russ called It's Just Business. Say hi, Russ. Hey, everybody. Over at It's Just Business, we love interviewing business owners and experts all over the country and even some international guests, um, just covering all the aspects of business startup and growth, trying to help you, motivate you and inspire you to level up your business. And just like Dana and I, we're trying to grow our businesses and we want to help you grow yours. So if you're a quirky HR listener, I have a favor to ask that you go and you follow us on Instagram at it's just business podcast, or you check us out online at it's just business podcast.com. Give us a follow, give us a review and share it with another business owner that you know in your life. And just remember, it's not personal. It's just business. Hey there, you are listening to the Quirky HR Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for pressing play. If you're new here, I am your host, Dana. I am an entrepreneur, I own an HR consulting business, and I prepare the Quirky HR Podcast to shed um, a realistic light on the field of human resources and infusing it with a little bit of humor and some foul language. So thank you so much for tuning in. I figured we would tackle a common question that I get on a regular basis. I get people that reach out to me from being listeners of this podcast with this question. My students often ask me this question, friends, other business owners. And the question is, how did I start Boss Consulting HR? So we're going to tackle that today. I'm going to tell you my thought process leading up to the business, the steps that I took to start and establish the business. I'll share some mistakes that I made along the way, some wins, some losses. We're going to tackle it all today. But before we do, I just want to remind you that we are over on Instagram. So if you go to Quirky HR Podcast, you can find us there. And if you're a fan of this podcast, if you could please subscribe, if you could leave a review, that helps little podcasts like mine uh, get out to other people who need to hear it. Okay, so we're going to start from the very beginning. So I didn't know when I went to college that I wanted to own a business. I originally went to college to be a math teacher. And my freshman year was actually the first kind of itch that I had of maybe I wanted to do my own thing. And I have this distinct memory of leaving the engineering building. I went to the University of New Hampshire for my first year. And so I was leaving my internship at the engineering building. And I just had this pang. I felt kind of like this feeling. Um, and I don't know where it came from, but it was very profound. And I still remember it now. And it just kind of hit me that I didn't want to have my day 
run by a school bell. And so I think that was the first kind of tang of wanting the freedom that I thought being an entrepreneur would bring me. So I spent the next year at the University of New Hampshire, and then I transferred back home to Rhode Island. I had a chronically ill sister, and so at that time she was getting very, very sick. And so I made the choice to come home, and I found myself at the University of Rhode Island. And I I still hadn't really wrapped my mind around being a business owner or, or what that would look like. And so when I transferred home, I actually transferred into the accounting program. So I, I think in my head, I thought that was a common or, or a logical next step if I wasn't going to be a math teacher. Um, let's do accounting. You know, it's business, it's, it's math, it's, you know, the, the thing that I liked when I first decided to go to college and wanted to be a math teacher, but my day would not be defined by a school bell. So I was in the accounting program, and I did about a year of the program, and I had this professor, I think it was my second or third semester, and he was just really challenging. And I think my experience with him really impacted my ability to believe in myself that I could be successful and get my accounting degree and master this field. And so I guess looking back now, I would say that I gave up. I gave up on becoming an accountant. And so I found myself with a general business designation, degree designation. And I kind of was like, what the fuck do I do with that? I didn't know what I what I wanted to do with that. When I was looking back at what I had done for work so far, you know, I had worked at a clam cake restaurant. I had been a pizza delivery driver. I had done taxes at H&R Block and worked there as a receptionist for many years. I worked at a candy store. I worked at the front desk of a hotel. And so none of it was really like pulling me in any one particular direction. Um, I do remember when I worked at the candy store, it was this small little mom and pop shop called Jennifer's Chocolates. And if you're ever in Rhode Island in the southern part, you should go. Her dark chocolate caramels are delicious. Um I but I remember when I was working there, I got very interested in kind of the overall operations of the business, running payroll and ordering and marketing and inventory management. And so, you know, in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, well, maybe one day I'll buy the candy store. You know, how fun would that be? But I didn't and I haven't. Um, but I do remember that mindset. And so Thinking back to my studies, as part of my program, I had to take a human resources management class. And I had never thought about HR as a field, as a career, anything like that. It had never been um, something that I had any awareness or understanding of. And it was it for me. The class was amazing. And I think what was equally amazing was the professor, her name was Amy Phelps Lee, um, 
she just became a mentor. She became a mentor. And I just, I knew HR was where I wanted to be. So I finished out my degree and I went and I got a job. And I worked for other businesses for about six years before I really started to think that maybe I wanted to start a business. And so I worked in hospitality in the HR sphere. I was um, in a casino for many years, a union environment, which was great experience. And then I went on to do um, training and employee relations in luxury hospitality. And that was also a really interesting experience. It was hard, but really interesting. And I think it's shaped a lot of who I am as an HR professional now. And then I went to work for a nonprofit. I got burned out in hospitality. And so I decided to try something different. And I went to go work at a nonprofit. And I think that was the first time where I really started to lay the groundwork for starting my business. And if I take a step back, you know, I think a year before I went to the nonprofit, I had gotten my master's degree. So I went on to get a master's in HR and labor relations. And I had kind of developed this interest of wanting to do HR consulting. And so I remember when I interviewed for the nonprofit, you know, the question of where do I see myself came up. And I remember answering it that I wanted to go out on my own. I wanted to eventually start my own consulting business, but that I knew that I needed some more experience. And so that was my goal in trying to get some other employment. So I got a job at the nonprofit and it was just not, it was not a place that filled my cup, to put it lightly. It was really challenging to work with a highly involved board of directors and with an executive director that was really far too integrated into the people side of it, the the HR side of it. And so I really wasn't feeling challenged and excited about the work that I was doing in that nonprofit. And the schedule itself was very structured. So, you know, I would start my day around 7.30 and I would end around 3.30 or 4. I was not doing a lot of extra hours. It was not requiring my time on the weekends. And so I decided to start my business. Looking back now, I had no structure. I didn't even think it through. I just kind of did it. And so it really started with coming up with a name. And so I decided on Boss Consulting HR. And a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, where did you come up with the name? And when I started my business, I wanted to, it it was in 2016, 20, like the tail end of 2015 into 2016. And it was when a lot of those organizations were popping up that were, geared towards female business owners. And they all kind of had that association with boss babe or boss mom. And so that's why I called it Boss Consulting HR. Um, I was originally going to call it Boss Boss Consulting, and then I couldn't buy that URL. So it became Boss Consulting HR. So I started and 
I didn't have a marketing plan. I didn't have a business plan. And I kind of very passively told people that I was doing it. Um, you know, I, I remember building my website and thinking to myself, you know, oh, I'll, I'll build a website. And if they want to hire me, then they'll find me on Google. And, you know, six years later, that's not not how it works. <laughs> but I talked to a lot of the people in my circle about starting consulting. And I remember chatting with my hairdresser about it. And she was asking me what I was up to. And I said, yeah, I'm going to start consulting. And she said, you should join a BNI. And so that was really one of the first things that I did to network as a business owner. Um, and full transparency, I was still working at the nonprofit when I was doing this. So it required a lot of openness and transparency with my boss so that I could make sure that I was still meeting the needs of my my W-2 job while trying to build the business. So I started networking. I joined a BNI, and that was really beneficial for me in terms of getting comfortable networking in general and building my brand and brand awareness in Connecticut, which is where I live now. And I was not from there, so I really didn't have a lot of friends or business connections or anything like that. So it was really helpful, and I still am in a BNI, and I value it as a as a marketing tool. But that was really the first step that I took to get my name out there. The second thing that I did is I started telling my friends about it. And my very first client, paying client, was the hotel that I worked at when I was like 20 or 21. And that came from me telling a good friend about it, my friend Nicole, who happened to be dating the son of someone high up in that hotel company. And so they were my very first client. And I remember working on their handbook at my kitchen table after work and on the weekends, but I was getting paid for it. And so that was a really big win for me um, to get that project. And, you know, looking back now, they're still a client of mine. And I'm so grateful for that business partnership and that relationship. So I networked. I started to get some clients here and there. I built my website. I made my own business cards. I made my own logo. I kind of really bootstrapped it from the ground up. And I would say a year and a half later, so in the summer of 2017, I was working with clients enough that they started to need me during the regular work day. So during the day when I was committed to my W-2 job, they started to reach out and have questions and leads would start to call me during that time. And, and I have a very strong ethical threshold you know, I'm very tuned into morals and ethics, and that's really important to me. 
So when I started to have an impact on my effectiveness at the nonprofit was really when I started to think about, you know, do I, am I ready to go full-time? Am I ready to go full-time? And I signed a retainer client around that same time. It was $2,500 a month as a retainer, and it was a restaurant group. And that was kind of my green light to quit my full-time job. Because in my head, I was like, you know, the $2,500 a month is about what my take-home is as a W-2 employee. And I didn't take into consideration, you know, the marketing and insurance and all of that stuff. So in hindsight, I probably would have made sure that I had a little bit more business coming in before I did it. But when you are starting a business, you have to take the jump at some point. So I left the nonprofit. I left on good terms. I had always been very transparent with my boss that it was in my plan. And I kept him kind of updated about my timeline. I helped recruit for my replacement. And so I did it really the right way. But I officially left my full-time job in September of 2017. It was a really good time. I had just bought a house, so I had that W-2 income, which, you know, if anyone is self-employed that's listening, trying to buy a house when you're self-employed can be really challenging. So it was good timing, and I just did it. In all honesty, you know, people will ask, Did you have some structure? Were you scared? You know, yes, I was scared and no, I didn't have structure. And so that's okay. That's absolutely okay. So that was 2017. I continued to grow. I continued to network and work on my brand, um, you know, refining my website, redoing my logo, um, figuring out where I was comfortable marketing myself and how I was comfortable marketing myself. I think one of the biggest lessons and things that I wish I had done sooner when it came to marketing myself is I spoke very timidly about my consulting business when I first started. So I would meet people and I would say, you know, I'm Dana and I'm I'm trying to start a consulting business. And looking back, I really wish that I had s- spoke about myself in a more confident way and spoke about myself in the present tense of, hi, I'm Dana and I own an HR consulting business for small businesses. Because the moment that I started to talk about myself that way, networking and sales and closing deals and all of that just became a lot a lot easier. So that's something that I wish that I had done earlier on um, in my networking journey. I've come a long way on price. So that's a common question that I hear from people starting out is, you know, what's an appropriate way to charge and an appropriate price to charge. 
when I first started, I was charging $65 an hour because I was targeting the small business market and I didn't want to be unaffordable for my ideal client. Now I am nowhere near that. <laughs> and so that in itself has been a journey. And And I think if you're in this space that you're wanting to start a consulting business, you know, you have to feel comfortable with the price that you're charging and the value that you're providing at that price. And so I don't like to tell people, you know, what should you charge because everyone's value is different geographically. It's different. The type of client that you're targeting is different. But that being said, is you really have to take into consideration all the expenses that go along with having a business. I started out as a DBA. Um, So I was Dana Dowdell, DBA, Boss Consulting HR. And in 2017, that September was when I officially LLC'd. So I filed an LLC, Limited Liability Corporation. And part of that was motivated by the fact that I had a house now and I wanted to protect that piece of property if I was to ever, you know, be on the defense side of a legal action that I would protect the house. Um, I owned it with someone else. And so I didn't want to put them in a situation where their security of their home was put at risk by by my business. So um, officially LLC'd in 2017 and continue to be an LLC to this day, but I have an S-Corp election, which is a tax uh, tax designation, if you will. Um, so you would if you're you know considering an, an S corp, you want to talk to your accountant about it. But the business has grown. So I think my first year I brought in thirty five thousand dollars of revenue and we are way beyond that now. Um, I hired my first employee in this spring of 2021, and so that was a big accomplishment and continues to be anxiety-inducing. When you start to run payroll, you think about, you know, how do I ensure that this business is healthy enough so that we can continue to run payroll, and I have someone else whose livelihood is dependent on the business being successful. Um, I've rebranded, so the name stays the same, but I've done a bit more um, intentional branding and redid my website, redid the logo, redid business cards and marketing material, and I probably will again. So, you know, the if you're starting a business, there's almost this sense of finality once you do your logo. Like, I need it to be perfect. I need it to be perfect before you actually do anything with it. And my logo has gone through three different um, designs, and it might go through another one. Who knows? So that's definitely a big takeaway is that, you know, done is better than perfect. Do your logo, get it out there, and you can rebrand if you need to. We still target the small business market. We still network in BNI. Um, we don't do a lot of marketing, in all honesty. So a lot of our business comes from word of mouth. 
and from people that we know within the community. And so that's been a huge driver of revenue to the business. Um, Could I do Google ads and Facebook ads? Absolutely. It's just not something that I choose to do right now. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not something that I would want to do in the future. But we're definitely in the stage of growth. So I have a consultant on my team and I have three amazing independent contractors that work for me and with me as a copywriter, social media, and a virtual assistant. And we're definitely in the space of where do we want the business to go? And so it's it's absolutely in a period of transformation and, you know, re-strategizing and trying to really scale it and grow it um, towards its next kind of destination. I don't regret starting a business at all. Um, you know, I, I teach. So I I talk to a lot of students who also want to be entrepreneurs. And when I ask them why, you know, they say the same thing that I said when I was younger, that I wanted the freedom. And I have to be honest, the amount of free time I have is a lot, a lot less than I ever thought it would be. Um, Particularly in the market that we serve, you know, we're at the beck and call of our clients. And so if they're nine to five, we are also nine to five. And so um, do I have flexibility and freedom? Absolutely. But it's not in the way that I thought I would when I first started this business. Um, So I think that's something to take away as well. But it's definitely worth it. I mean, I get to work with amazing clients every single day. And we have done a really good job establishing our brand. And so there's some really good brand awareness for Boss Consulting HR we get to serve. So something that's really important to us is the education and the service. So we get to do a ton of training that we offer for free for community agencies and the chamber and and all of that. And so that's a really cool thing that we get to do. Um, I don't know where Boss Consulting is headed um, to be determined, but I have a lot of ideas floating around, so I'm sure you will hear about them on the podcast as we continue to grow in a forward direction, hopefully. <laughs> so that's it. That's my business story. I would love to hear from you. You know, if you're new in consulting or a seasoned consultant, I would love for you to engage with us on Instagram and hear what your challenges have been and what your successes have been and your wins and your losses and all of that. Um, I also do quirky HR coaching. So if you're looking to start your own consulting business and are looking for some support and structure, that is an option as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this story of my entrepreneurial journey and we will catch you next time on Quirky HR.